those who are new and very special, well, welcome to this, this, this place and this house of God. When Tony asked me to preach a week or so ago, um, the word I got almost instantly was, was wineskins. And I thought, okay, that's a good word. And then I tried very hard to find other things that I want to talk about. And I couldn't get off wineskins. It was stuck on my page in my diary. And so I started preparing, did a lot of praying. And I just really pray this morning, Lord, that you will make these words yours. And not mine. (laughs) That song we just had is a real song to prayer. So let's pray. Father God, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. Lord, we yield to you and your careful hand. And this morning my prayer is for you to make each one of us your vessel. Make us an offering. Make us whatever you want us to be. Father, I make this call over everyone here this morning. Bless each one as they walk their own journey with you today. Each one will be on a different part of the narrow path that leads us home to you. So, Lord, right now we surrender to you. We lay everything down at the cross, Father. We trust you. We love you. So in the crushing, thank you, the pressing and the death to self at your cross, we accept your grace and claim our resurrected life through your precious son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, bring us new wine. Bring new wine out of each one. Bring new wine out of me. If you want to repeat that with me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Amen. Okay, that works for me. (laughs) I'm feeling really jet piloty today. It's it's great to be hands-free. And as soon as I put this on, I wanted to grab Kim's hat and my Ray-Bans because it's fighter pilots now have my hands to do this so if I start doing too much of this slow me down because that's what us military guys do (laughs) I put this uh, PowerPoint slide in because I used it um, last time I preached at uh, Adipuni with me, I'm just getting my laptop going, and uh, the narrow gate was a big thing, and when I saw this, in um, I guess my darkest days, um, 2013, 2014, and I've used it to remind me, and hopefully you, that the way to new wine and a fresh wineskin is through the cross with the blood of Jesus covering you into fullness and light. Restored, renewed, freshly anointed, new every morning to walk with him. Amen. And so 
I see that as uh, coming out of the cross, out of the grave, passing through the narrow gate that leads to Jesus. So um, that's my inspiration most mornings as I as I pray. I just think about the narrow gate and and how difficult it is. So if you're struggling, if things are tough, you're not alone. Um, I think we all probably struggle every day. But just rest in the knowledge that God has your back. And all you've got to do is say, Lord, here I am. Okay, the topic today, um, thank you Lord for the word, is from Luke 5.37. Now you'll find this in Matthew and Mark, you won't find it in John, but I'm using Luke and uh, I'm using the ESV. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new. For he says, the old is good. Now this passage flows on um, from the question of fasting, if you recall this passage in, in Luke, where Jesus was posed the question by John the Baptist's disciples and the Pharisees, their, their, their disciples, about why they weren't fasting. Because you see, the Pharisees fasted Mondays and Thursdays. The issue was they made a huge fuss of it. They'd wander around moaning and groaning and not shaven and feeling really sorry for themselves that they had to go through this, this fasting. And Jesus said, the bridegroom is here. My disciples will fast after I leave, but while I'm here, we're celebrating. And I think that brings me to really what I'm talking about. This was the Pharisees and their religiousness. And this was their structure. This was their frame of reference. This was their box that they lived in. But Jesus was here and is here to break down structures. He was the bridegroom, and they were celebrating. This passage was followed by the metaphor of, of a pa pa patching, how do you say that fast? Patching a tear um, in an old garment with a new patch, and again signifying the repair rather than replacing the new. You, you tear old jeans, you put a new patch on it, those of you who do wash clothes these days, jeans aren't, aren't great, but the, the patch will stretch, uh, will, uh, will shrink, and will we'll tear again. And at the end of the day, you're only putting a new patch on the, s on the same hole, and the hole is still there. You may have hidden it with a new patch, but the hole is still there. However, I've decided to focus on the new wine in new or fresh wineskins because that's the word I would have given. Tony has left the perfect segue for today's message at the end of last Sunday's sermon called to freedom, not confined by the law of the Old Testament, but by grace and love. Galatians 5.18 and then 22-36 18 particularly says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. 
Galatians goes on to list the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Some of those I struggle with. But I would like to pose verses 24 to 26 from the Passion Translation. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the Anointed One, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with our Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So never be arrogant or look down on another person, for each of us is an original. You are unique. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Before I go on too far, Pete, can you be my time police? Could you stop me at an hour 30? <laughs> now give us a bell about 25 minutes from, give me 20 minutes from now. Here we go. Thank you, sister. The NIV says in Galatians 5.13, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Galatians slips neatly into the Gospel of Luke. It's so easy to lose our passion, our wonder, our heart for anything new these days. Our lives are so full, consumed by multimedia, and it seems that every year we keep taking fast-paced lifestyles to a new level. So let me pose four questions. I don't need you to answer. I'd just like you to meditate and consider them over the next few days. When was the last time you stopped to take a breath? When was the last time you reevaluated your daily routine? When was the last time you got back on the back to the altar to surrender every false refuge and structure? When was the last time you received and poured out new wine? Is there an area in your life where you've said, Hey God, I got this. No worries. <laughs> Go over there and let me just do this. Change everything else. Well, change this bit, but don't touch my Friday night, that with the boys. Or don't touch my finances, that's, that's my business. And I don't need you to show me hands if, if, if those ring a bell. Um, they, they don't with me these days, but they might have a few years ago. If that's how you live with God, then you have conveniently carved out a little space where you live for you. Maybe it's a big space. If that makes sense, then our reading from Luke should speak to you this morning. When Jesus came as the Messiah, fresh and new, many of the Jews missed him. And truth would be that many of them miss him still. 
he didn't came, come to change one aspect of our lives, to patch the hole, to put new wine in an old wineskin. He came for all of you, 100% of you. And the resistance he felt then, as described in the Gospels, is the same resistance he feels today. The Pharisees did not want him. wonder why. What do you reckon they didn't want him? Because he was new. He was different. In their eyes, he was radical. He challenged them and everything they believed in. He was a rebel, an agent of change in today's business vernacular. So they decided that rather than the notion of refreshing their wineskins, of getting a new box or frame of reference, that they would get rid of Jesus. So they devised a plan, cunning plan. Sad to say that Christians still do the same thing today. And when we say no, or not just now, just hold on, we run the risk of missing the most incredible gift we could ever receive. The love of Jesus. So when Jesus turns up, he won't fit into your worldview box very well at all. So we either get a new box or we just get rid of Jesus. Please don't let this be true of you today. Please do not miss out on receiving the new wine. Okay, new wine, old wineskins. Yeehaw. So why wine? We just sang a new s a song from Hillsong, New Wine. A call back to the altar, a call back to surrender. With lyrics in the new wine song like, where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom. The song becomes an anthem for a new revelation of Christ to run through our veins and new wine to flow out of us. That's the sort of spirit I quite like. I love the fresh revelation in this song. New wine comes from pressing and crushing of our old selves in the same way that the Lord refines us through the fire from time to time. And sometimes for some of us, it feels hot a lot of the time. Don't, don't fear. If you're feeling the fire, if you're feeling pressed and crushed, new wine is coming. He's preparing you for new wine. Who wants new wine? Yeah. Remember, the wineskin is a structure. It's the way you and I do life. It's the foundation you build your life on. And if that foundation is anything other than Jesus, you will fail. It's harsh, but if you're not walking with Jesus, you will fail. I'm not selling jelly beans. 
handing out chocolates. I'm telling the truth because God's put on my heart. There's only one way. It's a song like that, isn't it, Max? One way, Jesus. You're the only. Yeah. He's the singer. He's the singer. Getting free is one thing. Staying free requires a new wineskin. So how do you change wineskins? When Jesus spoke about wineskins, he was responding to the question about fasting. He addressed the questioner's mindsets, beliefs, and actions regarding fasting. The new wineskin Jesus was talking about was a new paradigm. A new mindset, new beliefs, new behaviors, and a new motivation for behavior. Jesus was saying, you cannot put new ideas into old belief systems and mindsets. You cannot get new results with old behaviors and the same old motivators that have not really motivated you at all. In fact, when I teach business to, to overseas people, the thing I keep saying to them is, if you keep doing what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. So if you expect miracles and you keep on doing what you're doing, you might be waiting just a wee bit longer. That's why true change always involves repentance. Repentance is not feeling bad about what you did. Repentance literally means a change of mind that leads to a change of life. It takes a new mindset and beliefs to hold new wine. That's why Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We, each of us, each of us can choose either to protect and maintain the Old Testament rules and create a religious culture or to protect our relationship with Jesus and create a culture of love. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, we read, and maybe we don't talk enough about it enough, that we have an advocate in Jesus Christ. A great intercessor. We have the best lawyer in town. He won the victory over sin, the victory over death, and he is right here every moment enforcing that victory. Because of the cross, our life is no longer about trying not to sin, but about fulfilling the commandment to love. He is right here, right now. You've just got to reach out and say, yes, yes, Lord. I've read your book, Alina. Thank you so much. Danny Silk, in his book, Cultured Honor, speaks in part about the preparation for and the stewardship of the outpouring of the Spirit within Bethel Church in the 70s, an important time for revival, as being the wineskin of its leadership established on an apostolic and prophetic foundation. 
and with an expression of each of the other graces of the five-fold ministry, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And he says, without a complete, mature expression of these graces, the people of God cannot be adequately prepared to contain the new wine that he is pouring out and release it to the world around them. My read is that to love the Lord our God with all your hearts and to love one another as we love ourselves, which sounds familiar, we must be filled with the Spirit or new wine, which will be held in fresh wineskins and released to others outside our building's walls. Sounds like the new commandment. I was struck by a line in Silk's book that stood apart towards the end, having talked about the, the, the five gifts or the the fivefold ministry, he says, another priority of an apostolic mission is to leak the kingdom into the community rather than getting the community to necessarily come into our church buildings. Let's not meet them here. Let's meet them there. Amen. So do we leak the kingdom? Would we be excited to flow God's kingdom into the streets of Levin? Will we share the new wine carried in fresh wineskins? Or are we brittle vessels unable or unwilling to accept the new wine? I reckon we shouldn't just leak. Let's flow. Let's flood Levin. Horofanua, New Zealand. Maybe the whole earth. Oh God, amen, amen. <laughs> Jesus used two metaphors to uh, to cover early on, to, to cover um, the point that I raised that he put in Mark, Luke, and Matthew to show that you can't add the new to the old without destroying both. The new cloth shrinks and the old cloth becomes ripped. So if you patched an old garment, you still have the hollow through before. Wineskins were flasks made from leather, and it was important to put new wine in new wineskins because as the wine expanded from the gases created by fermentation, for those who make wine or beer, the new wineskins would be able to stretch and expand with the expanding wine and not burst. Pharisees were in Jesus' sights. He had them lined up, ready to go. Jesus diagnoses their religious system as old and terminally brittle. So rigid, so inflexible, so hardened that it had no room for growth, no room for grace, no room for the expanding power of the love of God. The Life Application Concise New Testament commentary, which I hadn't heard about until I found it on the web, says, like old wineskins, the Pharisees, and indeed the entire religious system of Judaism, had become too rigid to accept Jesus. They could not contain him or his message in their traditions or their rules. They are, their understanding of faithfulness to the law had become unsuitable for the fresh, dynamic power of Christ's message. 
Remember the, the, the disciples were Jewish. They too had been taught the law. They lived under the mindset and thinking of the law. But they were able to go through the process of renewing their wineskins to hold new wine. The legalism of the Pharisees and, and others simply could not hold the grace that is the cornerstone of Jesus' teaching. I won't sing, I won't sing that. John 1.17, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is as relevant to us today as it was to those who heard Jesus speak these words. Wouldn't that be awesome to be able to stand there and actually hear Jesus speak? And I think it's awesome that 2,000 years later, we can still feel that. In fact, if you think about the Old Testament and the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the word is actually so relevant because a lot of us here, I hope all of us here, are getting the same message every day that they missed in the last time. That we didn't see it. We didn't see the miracles. We didn't see the, the, the miracle at Cana turning water into wine. We didn't see the, the blind healed or the, the paralytic lowered through the roof in the middle of, of Jesus' talk. Then the Pharisees criticized him for, for saying to the guy, you're healed. And then when he was questioned by the Pharisees, said, take up your bed and walk. We didn't see that stuff, yet I bless you guys who still have this fervent love in your heart that you talk to Jesus. You know Jesus. And you're doing it by faith. And that's what this is about. It's about changing your wineskin from faith and love to be able to absorb, consume brand new wine. So this is relevant today. And because of those who heard Jesus speak, we need to be new wineskins and make sure we don't become stretched out. Wrinkly, reluctant, reluctant, dry and inflexible. So what might this look like? The truths we believe are unchanging. Being new wineskins doesn't mean that we're ready to believe any new teaching that comes along in the name of being flexible. We must hold firmly to truths that are unchanging. The gospel is not to be tampered with or improved upon or adapted to changing times. And I should add, adapted to suit me right now. It's unchanging. It needs to be unchanging, and I have to accept it. It can't be something that I change tomorrow or use a verse tomorrow that suits my situation. It needs to be me. All, all consuming. I had my COVID jab yesterday, and now I've got a cold. I can't believe it. I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be cured. Excuse me. must hold firmly to truths that are unchanging. And I've said that before. 
So we're not open to new interpretations of Jesus' death or justification or whether God's word is really meant to be taken literally or just figuratively. We don't negotiate these things. They are non-negotiable. They are truths that never change, and we cling tightly to them by faith. Anchoring our souls in truth keeps us from error and heresy. But that doesn't mean that we don't change and or grow, or that our faith doesn't change or grow. Things that are alive... The living spirit of God within us will always be expanding us, stretching us, and changing us. My point is that a lot of what I thought and believed has changed over the years too. I don't believe some things I believed 10 years ago, and I possibly won't believe some things 10 years from now that I believe right now. My faith in Christ, my conviction that the Bible is the inerrant living word of God isn't up for negotiation. But there are a lot of methods, perspectives, and peripheral doctrines that I see differently now. Are you growing in your faith? Or do you look the same as you did when you first became a Christian? Or sadly, your faith and joy are diminishing? Great, you guys are spot on. Thank you. Some of us can probably look back on times when God moved in our lives or our churches and we can wish we could have that again. We long for those good old days, for the way God was working, for the glory days. Maybe if we sing that song again, maybe if we hear preaching like that again, maybe if we worship like we used to again, revival in the 70s, Toronto Airport Church, Easter Camp 1964 when I first believed. Good old days, guys. Yeah, I have some significant memories too, and they're good. And it's good to treasure those times. It's good to go, man, that was a great time. But don't try to replicate them again. When we start looking back with, with nostalgia and longing for a better time, this reminds me of a movie I saw. If you've, if you've seen the president, the, the American president, I'm not quoting him, but I'm talking like I'm a Baron de la Kirk Douglas sort of. When we start looking back with nostalgia and longing, our focus becomes the past rather than the future. We reduce God's work to the stretched out container of what he did then. And we're not looking at the excitement that's about to come. We start to see the move of God as what he did rather than a living faith in what he is doing and will do. I remember attending my old church after returning from 10 years in Southeast Asia in 2006. I was met by some old church friends who were in their 70s, great age, and when I was 50, 70 years old, now I'm almost 69, 70 young. So anybody who's over 90, you're getting there. Anybody under 90, you're, uh, you're a young person. And getting younger every day as I get older every day. But those people had grown up 
with the organ. Beautiful old hymns. And they were really unhappy about the noise of electric guitars and drums and the, and the new cheerful songs. A very old lady, though, she was 93. She absolutely loved it. Not because it was her preference. <laughs> it wasn't. She liked the old hymns. But she was grateful for the work of the Spirit as she sat in church and watched the younger, younger people's lives and appreciated their worship style because it expressed their love for their Jesus and for her Jesus. It is so special meeting older saints who have remained young in faith, not rigid, brittle, and flexible, but unashamedly in love with Jesus and with others. Appreciate that God works through many different kinds of vessels and styles and methods. You may prefer one kind, but appreciate any wineskin that can flex with God's word. Expect God to do things that will stretch your faith, take you out of your comfort zone and into a place where you need to depend on him and lean hard into him. Where your faith is challenged and doubts loom large and you need to hold tight to Christ, hold on to truth. Where the testimony afterwards isn't, you did a good job, Jim, but rather look at the awesome thing that God did. I spent time in the Sudan teaching business and strategic planning to African-based energy companies not so long ago. That didn't fall into my comfort zone. Paid well, but didn't fall into my comfort zone. But it was a task that I was assigned by my company, so I duly turned up in Khartoum. And each morning, 50 senior government leaders, quite a few of them were ministerial guys, quite a few of them are now dead um, after the coup. When I was on the way to there the last time, I got as far as Bangkok and had to turn back because they, d they, they, they no longer were. Um, but these guys would turn up with white robes, prayer mats at the ready. Pretty challenging. But against advice, I did have a very small Bible in my briefcase. So when they religiously trooped off at regular intervals to prayer, I spent the time reading and praying, albeit with an eye on the door. <laughs> Christians were regularly stoned in the streets of Khartoum near the old solitary church, which they drove me past every day. The Lord stretched me provided an amazing opportunity to minister to these men. Uh, boy, they were rigid, those guys. But, but minister to them about my faith when we compared the Koran and the Bible. I've never done that. It was an interesting thing. I even had a chance to pray for them. And afterwards, at the end of the week, several hurried back after their call to prayer to continue this, the discussion. They were as faithful to their belief structure I've said here as I was to mine, and I've been kind. They were more rigid and working hard 
to justify their belief system and their belief structure. But I'm sure the Lord gave them the opportunity to sow a seed. My faith was stronger when I returned home because I got stretched. I was also also extremely blessed. Maybe a leak can become a flood. Maybe a wonderful harvest. God pours his spirit into us. He pours his grace into us. And we get stretched. And boy, that's good news for us. So we're to get these new wineskins in. And thanks thanks for the 25-minute warning, Pete. Am I going okay? I'm getting hungry, so it must come on soon. The encouraging thing is that Luke 5.38 explains that new wineskins can be made from old wineskins. The Greek word new, when referring to wine, is neus, N-E-U-S, which means recently revealed or what was not there before. New wine has never been here before. The word new, when talking about wineskins, is kainos in the Greek, which means new in quality, innovation, fresh in development or opportunity, not found exactly like this before. This word suggests that the wineskin can be renewed. An old wineskin can be repurposed through innovation, through change. So if you've got an old wineskin and you're really worried that that's it, this is all over, Grover, um, what you've got can be renewed, restored. How's that work? Well, in the good old days, if your wineskin got a bit tatty, you'd soak it in water, you'd... Uh, you'd Run, rub some rejuvenating all over it, around the, the nozzle, those things, probably olive oil in Jesus' time, and massaging the old skin gently to revive its flexibility and to re-moisturize it so it can be reused, having been renewed. And this is what God is saying to me today, and many of us, I hope, at this time, refresh, renew, repurpose, be filled with new wine. I actually love that the, 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 the reference to oil and renewing, that in the Bible, oil refers to the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit can renew wine. I'll get the worship team to come up uh, quietly. Um, but to finish, what was Luke trying to say? At the end of our Luke 50, uh, 5.37, he says about the age of wine. And this, this confused me a wee bit when I first read it. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new. For he says, the old is better. And so I thought, hang on. I'm just preaching about new wine and replace the old. But here... Luke is saying, if you've drunk old wine, you don't want the new stuff because the old is better. The old is good. So maybe I've got it wrong. Hmm. How can I how, how can I compare if I haven't tasted? Huh. Old wine is better 
until you have tasted new wine. Remember that old wine was once new wine. Once you taste the new wine that Jesus will pour into you, you won't go back to the old. You may think your life is on track until you experience what new work Jesus can do and in and through your life. The only way to do that is to say, Jesus, I want your new wine in my life today. Remember the, remember the psalmist says in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you seek new wine today and a restored wineskin and a fresh anointing, hey, come up the front and join me and our prayer team. After the after this 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 what we're singing this song, and uh, and I'll close in prayer. Let's pray. Loving Father. We want to have our wineskins renewed by the oil of your Holy Spirit. Be refined and refreshed and filled with new wine. Refine me, crush me, and press me to make the wineskin of my life obedient, flexible, resilient, strong, and vibrant to receive, hold, and pour out your new Thank you, Lord, for your patience and love for each of us. We love you, Jesus. Amen.